here in the heart of the jungle, we find one of the most interesting creatures of its kind. Amazon PPC Advertising. Buried deep amongst the undergrowth with its campaigns and targeting, they hazards like keywords without conversions, unprofitable ad spend, and a mountain of ever-evolving complexity. But if you look beyond the obstacles of life here, there is hope and opportunity. We will journey to every corner of Amazon ads to explore and share the greatest treasures the jungle has to offer. This is the Amazon PPC Den podcast. What's going on, Badger Nation? Welcome to the PPC Den podcast, your podcast that's all about Amazon advertising. Uh, I am super stoked today, special episode, because today the guest co-host is none other than my friend, Elizabeth Green. Elizabeth, you are, uh, I always like to pump up you. You are an incredible agency owner from Jungler PPC. The URL is just jungler, J-U-N-G-L-R.com. So I'm stoked to have you back. You've been on the show a couple times. Thanks for coming back. Uh, And every episode that we produce together, it's five stars. It's good stuff. We've covered, I think the favorite, my favorite one that we've done together so far was hidden ratios in your PPC campaigns, where we touched on a lot of hidden different ratios that people have going on in their campaigns. That was a good one. Yeah, it definitely was a fun one. That definitely was a fun one. And we also have something else in common. We are not with our friends in Las Vegas right now. We're no. recording this the week of uh, Prosper. Maybe next Maybe next year I'll go. Maybe I know, I'm year. seeing the pictures. It's okay. Mm-hmm. There are other things. I'm seeing on. the pics. I'm getting some serious FOMO, trying to get some good stuff done. Uh, but I'm very happy that you're here on the show. Today we're gonna to be talking about a topic that uh, I was actually messaging some people uh, on LinkedIn about, just trying to Get some people's different thoughts about what to do with low-click, no-sale keywords or low-click and low-sale keywords. You know, these things with like five clicks and one order or five clicks and no orders. It was just something that I spent a lot of time thinking about. It seemed like for five calls in a row, every single person that I talked to had a lot of these like low click or like uh, low to no order keywords. And I figured this was up for you too uh, because we got on the phone and we had a good discussion on it. We're like, Mm -hmm. let's turn this into a podcast. Very, very common scenario. We're going to get to that in a second. But one episode we did together, Elizabeth, was episode 117 of this podcast. uh, And we talked about broad in Amazon, like using broad mm-hmm. match. And we had talked about how, you know, does Amazon put a preference on broad campaigns, broad keywords? And you had a quick update 
since episode 117. I mean, it's been maybe a couple of months since then. So what's your update on broad and sponsored brands for everyone who previously listened to episode 117? Yeah, so I had a very recent scenario. I'm saying recent within the last two to three weeks. Um, so I can't tell you how the extended performance is going to be because I haven't tested it yet. But basically, um, I was running up against an issue where I had a client who had some video ads. They definitely want to run them in their space. So we did best practices, go into the search and reports, what's already converting their sponsored products. Let's retarget it. We know these keywords work. We know they get high volumes of sales. We can see the traffic. Um, good keywords, cross-referencing for, are we indexed for these? Like all, all the things you should be doing. Um, ran them in sponsored brands video we had no impressions. And when I say no impressions, mm -hmm. I mean zero impressions. Despite astronomical bids, despite trying to be aggressive, despite we know these keywords work, check the indexing, and we know that there's video ads on them, check that, there's video ads on page two, three, four, like we should be getting something here. And there was absolutely nothing. So um, went back and forth to the client, you know, troubleshooting, uh, you know, trying bids. The bids were already really high. We weren't really interested. We wanted to test them. We weren't interested in spending like crazy on these. Um, so one idea I threw out is, well, let's try broad. Because um, one thing you should know about broad match in a sponsored brand ad versus a sponsored product is it functions differently. If you come from like a Google world or some other PPC background, you may have heard of something called modified broad match. Um, that kind of gets in, I'm, there's no reason you should like mess with it. Um, but basically sponsored products, broad match, functions like a modified broad batch by default. Basically means if you put in a keyword, every single individual word within that keyword has to be contained within the search. That doesn't happen in a sponsored brand ad. Um, Amazon will basically, it's possible that some of the keywords can be contained within the search. It's possible that none of the individual words can be contained within the search. So as you can see, it can definitely increase impressions. Um, you might've seen a pop-up a little while ago that Amazon said, if you use broad in your brand ads, you will get more impressions. And that is true. That doesn't mean you're gonna get better impressions. So by, you know, we don't use those normally as part of our regular procedures. However, in this case, it made a lot of sense too because nothing else worked. Um, so basically we took all the keywords we were using, we put them in a broad, put them in decent bits, and right now we're sitting at a lot of impressions and a decent amount of ad spend enough that we can now go in and kind of see what's working um, and make tweaks. So yeah, so this is kind of another example of Amazon does put mm -hmm. a lot of preference on broad and it's even more prominent in sponsored brands. So that's yep. the update from episode 117. There we go. And with that, let's jump in to the main topic of this week, which is what to do about low click, no sales or low click, low sales keywords. Let's run the transition. Alrighty. So this is a very, 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 very common scenario where you mm -hmm. are trying to improve your campaigns. You're trying to get your ACoS better, trying to boost sales. You open up your campaigns, you make your way to a particular campaign. You look at that list of keywords Maybe you've got 30 keywords. Maybe you've got 300 keywords in this ad group. I'm not judging right now. So you've got a whole bunch of keywords <laughs> that you're looking at and you might see that you have an overwhelming majority of things with zero clicks, zero orders. 
two clicks, zero orders, six clicks, zero orders, five clicks, one order. You might have a huge swath of these for a variety of reasons. Maybe it's a new account, new product. Maybe you're just trying to scale, so you dropped a whole bunch of new keywords in there. This is very common. Uh, do you also find that this is common when people come to you looking to scale and grow their campaigns? Hey, Badger Nation. We experienced technical difficulties in the making of this podcast. Please excuse the audio and video quality, but thank you so much for understanding. And now, let's get to the show. So do you also feel like a lot of people come to you with this exact same situation with the major- with a ton of their keywords? Yeah, yeah. No, it definitely is um, one of those things that's very tricky to navigate. Um, so I think it's one thing that I've thought about often. Obviously, you're thinking about it because you're asking the question because one of the issues with this type of like keyword performance or however you want to call it is the fact that there's very limited data and so if you've been around the Amazon advertising space or any like advertising data-driven type, you know, scenario, you're going to hear, we need data. Do you have data? Analyze your data. And like when it comes to this, I think there's ways to think about it logically, which we're going to go through in this episode. But there, I don't know if there's any real cut and dry way to go about you know, maybe optimizing this type of keyword. Um, so we, you know, we've discussed and we kind of go through, we're going to have like a benchmark, a way that you can kind of analyze how this is affecting your account. And then based on that analysis, kind of go through our logical troubleshooting steps. But yeah, no, it's, it's definitely something we deal with a lot and something that I think is kind of difficult to deal with, if I'm being honest, even for those of us who've been around the block for a while, we know what we're doing. Um, There's always going to be these things you have to kind of try and, you know, figure out for yourself. Yeah, these keywords that have very few clicks, uh, I sometimes refer to them as as ACOS jumpers, uh, like keywords that over the course of 30 days have, you know, five clicks, one order. And, you know, maybe they're spending a dollar a click, they generate $20 in sales. That's like a, you know, 20, 25% ACoS approximately. Then if they get five more clicks, all of a sudden this keyword can jump to 50% ACoS. And then if it gets it and that 11th click gets an order, it'll fall way back down. So there's so much volatility that comes in with things that, you know, have one order. Uh, sometimes two orders, uh, sometimes, you know, five clicks uh, where it's got spend, but no orders. It gets an order and now it's got a great ACoS, but then it gets a few more clicks and it's got a really bad ACoS. So it can jump around pretty sporadically. And and like, what do you consider, you know, to be in this category of like low click, low order or no order type keywords? How do you could think of this bucket of keywords? Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, what you said, I think maybe under five clicks, but, uh, you know, like seven clicks us, particularly once we start getting towards eight clicks, we might make a determination on how to make an adjustment. I mean, like when, when I say adjustment, I mean, routine adjustments. It's not that we don't, you know, obviously adjust other things. It's, you know, kind of what's your routine? What do you mm-hmm. normally go through? Um, but one other thing that can kind of throw like a 
if statement into this scenario is um, the product. I think a lot of people understand that if you have a high price product, you're probably just going to naturally have a lower conversion rate because people tend to think a little bit more the more money they spend. Um, so in that scenario, low clicks might be 10, might be 15, because just naturally that's where your product falls. So I think you can, I think it's reasonable to say maybe five to seven clicks or less is what we consider low. Um, but then also adding in that caveat that it is relative to the product relative right. to the space as well. Yeah. So like thinking of your average conversion rate for mm -hmm. a keyword and understanding that you're going to have things below average and above average. So it's not as if, you know, oh, my average is 10 clicks per order on average. So I'm just going to, you know, turn off everything that has over 11 clicks and no orders. Uh, we'll talk about different scenarios of, you know, when to be more aggressive with pausing things or lowering bids and when to be a little bit more conservative with it. Um, so you want to think of your average and then understand that things are going to be above and below your average. Sometimes helpful to think about, well, is this a below average converter? Well, then it needs a lower click, um, things of that nature. So there's a, before we even talk about how to deal with these keywords, you know, these low click, low order, no order keywords, there's a couple of considerations to determine what lane you should be in. Like, should you be in a mm -hmm. lane where you aggressively attack these low click, no orders and, you know, or, or you, or should you be in a lane where you're actually increasing their bids? So there's a couple different things to consider. And you had some really good ideas into how people can easily determine if they should be going after these and raising their bids or if they should be going after them and lowering their bids on these low click keywords. So uh, walk me through what uh, considerations you make to determine what lane you should be in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so this is one thing we routinely look at um, with accounts that we are looking to take on. So this is kind of an analysis we perform on initial accounts just to say, hey, where does the account sit? Um, because you might have a lot of keywords, you might have a lot of campaigns, but what we want to do is just quickly pierce through and determine how, what you have, like, what do you have? How is it currently working? Um, so one thing we'll look at is spend allocations, meaning let's take a look at the entire spend. So all of the ad spend across everything in your account. Um, unfortunately, the way that um, the reports um amazon does divide up sponsor products sponsor brand reports so you do kind of have to look at this in pieces um so you can you can sum everything that's possible but the easiest way is just to look at stagnant reports um and segment it um but basically we say okay let's just sum everything um and then let's sum things that are getting sales and then let's sum the spend of things that are not getting sales um, and then you can actually put that into a ratio and it fits nicely into pie charts or other ways to, you know you can even visually analyze this and just say all right so where's my spend going um because you know we're gonna kind of get into okay so which lane do you fall in but one of the things that we kind of you know helps us visualize is um if you have say maybe only have a handful of keywords that are doing anything for your product, but if the majority of your ad spend is going to those keywords that are doing something for you, they are moving the needle, then your account, while obviously it can use some fixing because you have a high amount of keywords that 
aren't generating new sales, they're not sucking up a lot of the resources. So overall, your ACOS might be fine and your tacos might be fine. So it's not as much of a like triage um, situation where, you know, if you're getting like 50% of your sales are, are excuse me, 50% of the spend is going to keywords that are generating sales, but then you got another 50 that's it's not doing anything for the product. It's not the fact that maybe you only have a couple sales and we'll get into that. You know, you can go deeper into this analysis, but right off the bat, you can say, all right, so I have a high amount of spend going to keywords that are not generating me sales. They're not getting me conversions. Most likely, I mean, if you're not getting conversions, realistically, you're probably not even moving needle on helping increase organic ranking or any of the other side benefits that can come through advertising. Um, this can be split across. Again, we're talking about it's possible to have it split split across like low click keywords. You might just have a bunch of bleeders, but this kind of just gives you like a quick snapshot. Okay. How healthy is the account? Where does my account sit? How much of like an all hands on deck situation is this? Or do I, you know, can I take a little while to think about this? Um, maybe take a week or so just to peruse through nip it here and there versus no, we need to dig into this and we need to fix this like ASAP. Right. You know, it's the classic case of, am I comfortable with my current ACOS? If mm -hmm. no, I better go take swifter action. I'm probably going to be looking to lower bids or lower visibility on these things with low clicks that are yet to be proven. If I am very comfortable with my ACOS, I can go in there and give it more leeway into my threshold for getting clicks. And I also think it's not you know, you can always unpause things or retest things again into the future. Um, so I think it's very normal and should be encouraged to go in there and take swift action on things to get your ACOS under control. And to take that even further with a more scientific analysis, it's like how much spend is going towards non-converting keywords? How much spend is going towards keywords with only one order in 30 days, only two orders in 30 days, you know, three orders in 30 days. And you can start to identify, hey, if I have a lot of my spend going to things with, you know, only one order in a 30 day time frame, that could be a sign that you have a lot of a cost jumpers. And, you know, that might that might need you to get more data. So you might want to push those up. It might be that you're uncomfortable with your ACoS. You've got a whole bunch of one order things. You might want to suppress those temporarily until you get it under control. So as we go through this episode, we're going to be talking about first, what to do if you do that analysis. You look at your campaign's ACoS. You're pretty comfortable with it. You look at the amount of spend broken out by zero order keywords, one order keywords, two orders, three and up keywords. You look at all this and you're pretty comfortable with it. From there, you can start to make decisions on all of these low click, low order keywords. And just to get right into that, probably the easiest thing to do first when you're in a scenario where you are comfortable with your ACoS, you are comfortable with the buckets of spend on zero, one, two, three orders per month. Easiest thing, run a filter and start boosting bids on things that have low clicks, but do have an order. So this is something like five clicks, one order. This is things like seven clicks, one order. Um, you know, maybe two orders from eight clicks. You know, it doesn't have a huge amount of data over a 30 day time frame, but it's easier to boost what's already there than increase bids on things 
with no clicks. Uh, and I think this is something you mentioned before we hit record. It makes total sense. It, it, you're more likely to get another hit from something that already has an order than going and increasing bids on things that have seven clicks and no orders. So what you said there makes perfect sense. Yeah, no, exactly. I think that's, I mean, I think it's something you've covered on, I can't pinpoint an episode, but I know it's something you've talked about. Like if, if the budgets are out, if, you know, you are working really well on this keyword, but you've stifled the bids, you know, maybe playing with placement percentage adjustments. If you're at that level, you know, my opinion is dial in bids first, Mm -hmm. then worry about that. But if you've done everything else, maybe that's going to be the extra, you know, 10, 20% that, you know, pushes it up. So it's definitely easier to go off of something that does have data that you can kind of increase that, you know, has at least converted. It may not have a good, you know, past track record of converting, but you know that there is some conversions that are happening. Um, You can test to see if you can increase them um, versus maybe some of the other things that maybe it works, maybe it didn't. If you have no impressions on it, is it going to work? It might, but it's harder to make that determination versus things that are. I'm also hesitant to call something with like five clicks and one order. Let's say it's got a 15% ACoS out of the gate. I'm almost hesitant to, to call that a good ACoS or a bad ACoS keyword because it can change so swiftly. You know, if that one keyword, five clicks, one order gets five more clicks, it's a cost could be perceived as like bad. And I, I feel like that can cloud our analysis when we're looking at things. Putting it in the bucket of low data, I feel like is more appropriate than putting it in a bucket of like good ACOS or bad ACOS when any one order one way or the other or five clicks one way or the other can change it so much. So like really thinking of these things as like, hey, this is a statistically insignificant amount of data that I have so far. Um, and I need to consider it as such. And I think it's important to remember if you're tracking this number of how many how much spend am I spending on things with one order per month? You know, it's very possible that it goes from one order per month in this past 30 days to then the future 30 days having zero orders in this next month or potentially three or five orders in the next month. So these things can jump around a bit. Um, and I think we should, I, I like to think of these as like, hey, this is my bucket of ACOS jumper. These are my things that could vary a lot. I need more data on them to know for sure. And it might be, that hey, this just uh, this is just going to do really well with a, you know, picking up the one random order that it's going to get. So I need to optimize that appropriately. But in order to really know that for sure, you want to give it a little boost to find out definitively. So that's like this first bucket. You have a mm-hmm. pretty good account level A cost. You have room to test, so you're going to go test these things. Give them a little bid bump to push it up a bit. And when we're talking about a bid bump, you know, what are you kind of consider considering? Are you doing an absolute value like five, 10, 15 cents, 20, 50 cents? Are you thinking of in terms of percentages? Um, I know how I think about it, but how do you think about it? Um, so this is actually something I'm looking into testing mm-hmm. currently. Um, I, I, historically, I think a lot of people play off percentages. Um, I think percentages actually have their place in a lot of scenarios, but in this particular scenario, I say my gut leans toward, and the only reason I say my gut leans toward is because I haven't personally tested this 
So I don't want to say this is the way if, <laughs> if I haven't tested it. But um, in my opinion, um, a stagnant prayer or a set amount, like you said, 15 cents, 10 cents um, might be or five cents even it might be the way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it also comes back to you might want to just take a look at like how big, you know, so if you're comfortable with the percentage, how how far away are you from a percentage that you maybe start to get, okay, this is this is a little high percentage of my spend going towards testing. Um, because if you're doing like say a 10%, even though 10% is low, 2%, 1%, you know, that percentage changes drastically depending on what your starting bid is. Um, so, you know, on things that are lower, you might not move the needle enough to really make a determination on um, things that are very high, maybe you want that a little bit more. Um, I would say kind of in, you know, a side note to this or kind of something that's related to this would be, um, I would also probably put a ceiling on this, taking a look at kind of what your your bids are, because recognize that these are keywords that don't have a lot of like statistical significance to. So this is going to be testing dollars you put towards this are going to be testing um and whenever there's testing done i to kind of put the determination on what you know where my keyword cut off now that can be as high as like three dollars five dollars you might be comfortable going that high to test certain things but i think kind of determining where that that line is for you um is probably smart in this scenario yeah um so definitely starting there things that have low clicks, but have low orders too, giving them a boost with the goal of determining, is this gonna be a great, you know, really great keyword that gives me 10 plus orders per month, or is this gonna be one that is just always gonna give me a few amount of orders? Bidding helps you understand that because ideally you get more clicks on it. Uh, The next sort of category is gonna be low click, no orders yet. And this is where it's important to think about your average conversion rate. You know, how high should you let things go before you mm, almost pull the plug on it? So again, the the first lane that we're in is where we are comfortable with our overall ACoS. Uh, We are comfortable with the amount of spend that we're spending on zero order keywords. So we want to you know, get in there and give it some more time, give it some more data. And if we've only got something with, you know, three clicks in a month or two clicks in a month or five clicks or six clicks in a month, we want to give that a little bit more time to breathe. So think about thinking about your average conversion rate for the particular product. You know, if you're getting 10 clicks per order on average and you're comfortable with your current ACoS, you might want to go 1.5x your average or 2x your average clicks per order. You might want to push it to, can I get this thing to have 10 clicks before determining if I should pull the plug, 15 clicks, 20 clicks, whatever it might be. You want to find out definitively if it's going to, you know, convert or not. Um, So the threshold at which you go in there and look for keywords that have low clicks, but no orders yet uh, should be weighted with whatever the average conversion rate, with the average clicks per order uh, for the entire account. Dealing with that bucket, you really wanna be cautious of because it can be very easy to have this bucket of no order keywords consume, you know, cause if you have 500 of them and you wanna put 10 clicks on all of them, 
That's a lot of clicks and a lot of spend for 500 keywords for every single one to get 10 clicks. You know, you're looking at 5,000 new clicks to determine. So like understanding how you do this and, and what intensity is a really important consideration. I think that's a really good point to make. So again, I think it goes back to determining like how far or how close are you to that percentage of testing, you know, ad spend testing, like are you? Um, And it's possible you might have, hopefully you should have good campaign naming. So if you have like, say certain campaigns, you know, like, hey, these were ones that I had intent to test, but maybe they're not really doing anything. Maybe these are my low clicks. Um, You know, maybe we could start there. So I think there are ways to look about or look at it logically. Um, It doesn't always have to be, I'm never a fan of like the all or nothing scenario. I think there's ways where you can do things in parts and pieces. Um, And I think, especially in this scenario, when again, you know, there's limited data, it's going to be a test. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to make logical tests, but at the end of the day, we need to realize that this, you know, this could or couldn't go the way we hoped. And I think that's kind of everything in advertising is you make the best logical decisions. You put it up in the way that makes the most sense for structure and the most sense to work within the system that we're working in. Um, but then, you know, you kind of have to wait for that data feedback. So this is kind of going to be a way to think about probably moving that data feedback quicker um, mm-hmm. So you can make more accurate, you know, adjustments for that feedback. Yes. Um, but then. That's super well said. You know, PPCers are not magicians. They're not here to perform something and have I something magically <laughs> change, right? We're like feedback loop optimizers. It's like, well, this is the best practice. Let's apply it. Let's see what it does and then tweak it. Like that's what we do. Um, so like, mm-hmm. that's really, really valuable. Um, so we've, we've got those buckets, tiny changes on these bids here. Um, you know, periodic, because this is low data, you don't want to jolt it too much. Um, so taking a look at where the current CPCs are, you know, giving something, you know, a 10% bid boost once a week, you know, if you do that two times in a month, three times in a month, that's a pretty significant change, you know, that's from a dollar to a dollar 10 to a dollar 20 something to a dollar 40 something. That could be a pretty significant change, especially if you're multiplying this out by a whole bunch of different keywords. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's pretty interesting too, because the first bucket we're talking about here is what to do when you have a good overall campaign ACoS, where you are pretty comfortable with the amount of spend, you know, you are comfortable with testing and pushing and trying to find new winning keywords makes total sense. Go in there, see what has orders, give, but low clicks, give it a boost to see if you can get more orders out of it. Um, Take a look at things that are relevant, but have low clicks, give it a small boost, see what you can get out of it. Now you might do this and you might do this to dozens and dozens and dozens, potentially hundreds of keywords. So for, it, you could cross over into the second lane, which is where you are uncomfortable with how much you are spending on keywords that have zero to one orders per month, and you don't like your ACoS. So this second mm-hmm. bucket is where you are trying to almost 
reduce testing. You know, maybe you don't want to do testing on <clears throat> hundreds of keywords at once. Maybe you want to raise the bar on, on how discerning you are. Like, hey, you know, maybe before I was willing to go to 15 clicks without an order to do, really do some testing, but maybe now I want to reduce that down to just seven or 10, you know, so you operate in more loosely more aggressively when you're comfortable with your ACoS, where you're trying to scale and grow. And then other times where you're not comfortable with your ACoS, you want to get m more strict and stringent with how you are uh, letting things go. So I think the first thing to do, like when you're uncomfortable with your ACoS, got to reduce testing, not necessarily stop it, but just reduce it. And again, same thing, all the keywords that do have a good amount of clicks, and do you have a good amount of orders, like your consistent converters, that's where the majority of your money should go, definitely when you're in the situation. So get those bids perfect. Uh, and then you have the biggest offenders, which are things with a lot of clicks without any sales. To me, those get heavy down bids because these things have likely already had enough time in the spotlight, you know, that maybe they've got 15, 20, 25 clicks without an order, when we're in a cost trouble, these things have to go and they have to go quickly. Uh, and what's cool about doing it that way, like finding the most egregious poor performers, you know, the things that have a lot of clicks with no orders, you trim that down. Um, and again, when I say a lot of clicks, that changes because now we are uncomfortable with our ACoS. So mm -hmm. you've got more strict. And when you find the things that are in the upper limit of your acceptability, you chop those bids down and ideally that spend can go towards things that do convert or you can allocate that spend towards like the next set of keywords that you want to test. So maybe those things that, you know, have one order and, you know, five clicks, you dedicate some spend there. In this scenario, I really think it's better to focus your testing, like shine the spotlight on a tiny percentage of your account, as opposed to, when you are comfortable with your ACoS, you do more testing. When you are uncomfortable with your ACoS, you still want to do testing because you can find good opportunity, but you just want to focus your testing and reduce the amount of things that you are testing. Um, so there's a lot there uh, with, mm -hmm. you know, getting that ACoS right. I 100% agree with that. And I think a good thing to point out is how you said shining the spotlight, not completely eliminating testing, but reducing it. Because you want to think about this logically, you can't change what your conversion rate is. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you want to be technical, you can fix the listing, you can get better with the targeting. But at the end of the day, like your conversion rate is your conversion rate. So if it takes you on average about 10 clicks to determine if something works, if you're making that determination at five clicks, you're actually preemptively mm -hmm. doing something and that keyword didn't actually get adequate testing. So yes, you absolutely, you know, if ACOS is high and the amount of spend going towards your testing is high, there are definitely some things here we can reduce. We need to prune it. We need to think about it logically, but realize at the end of the day, that kind of what something, what the requirement is for adequate testing is 
not really going to change. So what hopefully we're going to give you is kind of some ways to kind of, you know, do the constructive analysis on it. For instance, you know, again, high clicks, no sale keywords, that's going to be where the biggest bleeders is mm -hmm. in your account. You know, high clicks with no sale search terms, that's where the biggest bleeders are in your account. So you can attack things in a hierarchy that you definitely have data enough to make those decisions. Um, and there's a couple other, you know, kind of benchmarks we're going to think of, okay, so maybe you want to look here, maybe this makes them most logical sense to reduce. But again, you know, if you're not testing anything, um, then, you know, if one of your top keywords search volumes fluctuate, you know, by just the marketplace or by um, what seasonality is, things change. So although we do definitely want to double down on what's working, we don't want to put all of our eggs in that basket because if you're making all the sales on one or two keywords and those one or two keywords drop off the map or something fluctuates or a new seller comes in and pushes you out, all of a sudden you're left stranded and there's nothing to fall back on. So again, you want to be logical about this um, and kind of recognize what the numbers mean and go about it that way. Yeah. You also had another really interesting point, like when you are uncomfortable with your ACoS, uh, taking a look at not, like not everything with five clicks is created equal because you can have things with five clicks with a great click-through rate and you can have things with five clicks with a bad click-through rate. And when you're uncomfortable with your ACoS, I think the argument is it's time to trim the keywords with high impressions, low click-through rate. You might not need to let that run much longer because that could be an indication that maybe it's irrelevant. Yes. Yeah, so um, this is, like I said, we're, we're trying to give you like a logical way to analyze the data and then make decisions based on, you know, what those, it's really filters, what those filters reveal. Mm -hmm. um, so one thing I've been seeing is high impressions, low click-through rate. High impressions are probably over a thousand impressions, maybe a little more. Um, low click-through rate, really low click-through rate, I would say is below 0.1. If you're really trying to look at this, you might do like 0.2, 0.3. Again, it kind of goes back to like knowing what your conversion rates, it's relative to your space, to your products. Um, now, this is not to say, I'm not saying sort by impressions, sort by low click-through rate, eliminate everything with a low right. click-through rate. That's not what I'm saying. Um, what I'm saying is this, this is a filter that helps bring to the top. And what I find often is um, this will quickly highlight anything that is irrelevant to the product. Um, now, is not only get judged solely on what the numbers are. Relevancy is honestly a manual process. You want to do this manually. You want to do this logically. But oftentimes what happens if you are retargeting search terms, there are search terms that you might have retargeted that were had only that one sale, which you did want to test. You want to see if you can move the needle on it. But sometimes, although something converted in the past, it was a one-off. And so it got placed into your keywords and it wasn't actually probably something you should be advertising on. And I find this filter like quickly brings these keywords to the top. So then you can manually go down that list um, and then just start eliminating things through logic. So it might only have four clicks. You might have three clicks. You might have gotten up to seven and eight clicks. Maybe you adjusted the bid, but then when you actually just analyze it, you realize, well, this is not actually something that made logical sense to spend on anyway. So I can quickly eliminate these. Um, and there might not even 
even ones that I, I care to test. Maybe if, if I've got all my other keywords, sure. You know, if you fall into the first bucket and you're just trying to expand your market, maybe you can show up in some interesting places. But right now we're trying to kind of eliminate those places that don't make sense to show up. And this filter can you know help you quickly highlight that. Yeah, exactly. And you could always retest these again. You know, testing is something that you can do more aggressively during certain times and you can do more uh, passively during other times. Meaning, you you know, when your ACOS is great, you can test a lot. You know, you can really give those things a big bid jump. When you're being uh, in a cost cutting mode, you're trying to reduce that ACOS, you can really reduce things and then you can always revisit it later. Um, so I think that's, you know, a shift that sometimes people feel like testing is all it's like you always have to step on the gas with it, but you don't necessarily need to. There are plenty mm -hmm. of times where sometimes the best recommendation might be to take those, you know, 100 keywords that have, you know, two clicks a month and just drop them really low. And once your ACOS is under control, you revisit it. And this can especially be helpful before big days, big days like going into Black Friday, going into quarter four. If your spend is like, uh, you know, a pipe and you're, you're, the pipe is breaking off into a whole bunch of different smaller pipes, you know, you're dedicating spend to some things that need testing or some things that aren't going to pan out. And when you like close that pipe, the funnel of clicks can be redirected towards things that do have a lot of clicks and do have a lot of orders and you know definitively. And so that's kind of the logic here when you're over your target ACoS. It's almost like you want to reduce the pipes that you have and dedicate more spend to the things that convert really well and dedicate more spend to things that are on the brink of shifting from I have low clicks and I'm unsure if it's gonna work to definitively saying, okay, I tested this and it does work, or I tested this and it doesn't work. It's like you want to reduce the amount of wondering, you want to reduce the amount of questions of like, is this keyword going to work or not? And one of the things that you do that instead of testing 500 keywords at a time, you can test a smaller amount at a time, know for certain if they're going to work uh, or not, and then you can move to the next batch. Um, so doing this before a big day, it just allows you to not do that testing during a day like Prime Day where your conversion rates are going to jump. Wouldn't it be nice if they jumped the most on the things that you know are going to convert really well? Like it's just easier to go from, hey, this keyword gets 50 orders a day to 75 orders a day as opposed to, you know, I got five clicks, no orders. Maybe it'll get one today. It's like where you funnel that mm -hmm. money is, is really meaningful. No, absolutely agree. And actually one quick tip on this um, that I personally like to use if I'm like pruning things um, that I'm, I maybe have some data on, I'm not sure if they work, I'm not sure if they want, and I want to revisit them later for testing. Um, one thing I'll do in lieu of just pausing it, because oftentimes if something we determine, okay, this, this absolutely doesn't work for your product, I'm gonna pause this. Um, I like to use just really reduced bids. So in sponsored products, um, the lowest bid you can put on it is two cents. I wanna say it's like 25 cents for sponsor brands. So sometimes I'll put like a low bid. It's not going to get in. If you get impressions in a sale at two cents, like that's amazing. Right. Well done. It's it's not going to happen realistically. So this is just a way for me to like set some sort of indicator. You can do five cents if you want to like, hey, maybe if this is, maybe I'll let it run at like a five cent bid or something. I use them almost like as placeholders and indicators to myself. So if I have gone through, because 
most often what happens in this scenario is you have done a lot of keyword research. You've gone through, you've analyzed, you put them in your campaigns. And then along the way you realize, oh, I put too many in there, or Mm -hmm. maybe this isn't going the way I wanted to, but you've actually put in a lot of legwork to get those keywords, to get those campaigns set up. Um, And so you don't necessarily need to completely throw all that out. So oftentimes what I'll do is put some sort of bid placeholder. So then later on the road, if I go into a campaign, I say, oh, I have all of these hundreds of keywords with two cent bids. These are obviously one I found. Oh, here's a bunch of good keywords. You can actually, instead of having to recreate things or manage things, you can actually go through, um, just reinvigorate them with a better bid and retest when the time comes. Yeah, that's exactly yeah, when you're uncomfortable with your ACoS, you don't necessarily want to pause them, give them a very, very low bid, two cents, 10 cents. Um, and then you can re, you know, that's almost like your reminder to go back and revisit these things um, once your ACoS is under control. So, this is a topic that uh, I know that I've never talked about on the show before, where it's like you you operate your bid optimization slightly different when you are comfortable with your account performance and then when you are uncomfortable with your account performance like what lane are you in and obviously when you are comfortable with your ACoS hey all those things with low click low orders give them some more time in the spotlight like you just let's juice those up Uh, let's make sure we're Mm -hmm. not budget limited of course over there uh, because you don't want to increase bids too much on a limited limit your budget and then end up somehow with fewer clicks so that's a consideration there but when you're comfortable with that ACoS give it some juice when you're uncomfortable with your ACoS, get more conservative. First place to start is you know everything that has clicks and no orders, and then from there things with um, you know a lot of impressions and a very low click-through rate and no orders. Time for that to go, uh, and that's a really nice way to clean, keep your account clean, keep your account well optimized and responsive. You know if you're jumping on top of this, mm-hmm. looking at these things with low clicks, low orders, I think you have a really really healthy account. Um, it's probably one of the, it's probably one of the biggest issues I see, uh, a lot of keywords and almost all of them have zero or one order in a 30 day time frame. So there's a lot of jumping around. People get one order on it. They crank up the bid five more clicks. They bid way down, they bid way down. So it could be pretty tough there. Um, and with all that said, we've covered it. What to do with low click low sale or no sale keywords. Um, Elizabeth, it is an absolute privilege to hang out. I don't know if anybody noticed this, but uh, this like 30 minute podcast episode, I think <laughs> took us two hours to record because yes. uh, we've been having it's some tech, tech troubles. <laughs> uh, we started on one platform, jumped to another platform. Uh, Zoom wasn't working. Uh, so this was a this was a, a labor of love, this one. It um, was, it was. Thanks for putting up with me and uh, navigating these recording troubles together. But um, anyone, what's your favorite uh, social network that people should follow you on? You have an, you have an, I follow you on mm. LinkedIn. It's a, that's amazing. Um, but if people are looking, I, yeah, what's up? Yeah, so I feel like I post more on LinkedIn than I do. Although I'm trying to carry over my LinkedIn posts to Facebook more, mm-hmm. but I still have a lot of like friends and family on there. So I feel kind of bad. For them. Yes. <laughs> but uh, this is who I am now. So this is what you're going to get. That's but right. Yeah, I, I am. I am more active on LinkedIn as far as making my own posts. I'm more active probably on Facebook as far as helping people troubleshoot things 
if I happen to be there, if you happen to ask the question, but that's right. probably not, I'm it's no guaranteed because uh, right. my time fluctuates, but yeah, yeah, LinkedIn's probably I'm most active. Yes. You share some great stuff on LinkedIn. I'm a fan. Um, so check her out, everybody. Elizabeth Green, Jungler, PPC, J-U-N-G-L-R. Elizabeth, as always, thank you. We're super happy that you're here. So yeah. until I'm next time. I'm so glad to be back. Yes. Yeah. Bye-bye.